their longtime friends. Let me tell you something real quick about dibs that I'm sure not everybody knows. <laughs> and first time partners. Hang in there, big guy. There'll be brighter days ahead. Now these two homegrown Bay Area boys finally come together to take over sports talk. Get the hell off of my doorstep. Major League Baseball, you stink. It's Willard and Dibs. <laughs> 95-7, the game. A oh, very festive atmosphere in here, despite the absence of Mark Willard. He'll be back Monday. Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason, Ian for Mark Willard. Thrilled to be once again with Dan Dibley. And Thanksgiving time is upon us, Dibs. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, man, what an exciting holiday. It's maybe the, the favorite holiday for so many people because it's not secular in nature. You don't have to be this religion or that religion to just everyone get together and enjoy Thanksgiving. It's, not, it's a Christmas warm up is what it is. It's like Christmas preview. That's all Thanksgiving is. That's all it is? Yeah. It's. I mean, Christmas is still, what, a month away? It's uh, 32 yeah. days away, mm-hmm. basically, so I'm not even thinking about Christmas yet. Oh, you have to, right? It starts the next day, right after Thanksgiving, we have the Christmas season. But you're right. Be grateful for everything. Be thankful for the football and the food. I just, a couple days ago, driving to work, I just saw somebody... Just call me Dibber Claws. I saw somebody with a Thanksgiving... Uh, inflatable decoration. You know, people are starting to put up Christmas stuff and then they just had this weird cartoonish giant inflatable turkey. And I almost pulled over and said, you got to take that down. Come on. I mean, you're better than that. Thanksgiving decorations? You're right. It's a great holiday. You, you got to decorate for Thanksgiving. If you're going to decorate for Christmas, I mean, we decorate for everything else. Why not throw up a little... Because it looks dumb. That's why. Well, you could say that Christmas decorations look dumb, too, when you're talking about you what Christmas them. really should be. Yeah. It's about Jesus' birthday, yet all we do is adorn ourselves in red and green. Mm-hmm. Were those his colors? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus. And, you know, we've kind of lost our way in terms of what Christmas really should be about. Well, that's I feel like Linus person, right now. It? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? I know. Gee, Charlie Brown. That's the of Christmas. Yeah. Anyway, uh, glad that you're with us. We've got the Warriors back in action tonight, and Tim Roy, the voice of the Warriors, is going to be with us at uh, uh, looks like I've got him scheduled for 10 you know Tim Roy oh boy yeah it's kind of up to him he'll come on when he wants to come on uh, Tim Roy at 10 of course we got Doc Pandia today at uh, let's see that'd be at 11 and Jesse Sapolo going to join us today as well yeah I'm looking forward Guess to fest. it yeah, a little bit of a mixed bag we got some Warriors we've got some Niners we've got some baseball mm. I don't know if it's news but we've got some baseball something that yeah. we can talk about as well the Giants must think they have a real shot right or else they wouldn't be putting fans through this because there could be some damage if they knew we ain't going to get judged but they fanned these flames I think there would be some potential harm done to the relationship between the team and fan base. So they must feel like they are legitimately in this thing. Definitely. And, you know, the fact that he came out here, and I know that he wasn't, like, publicly, hey, look at me, but cameras captured him when he came out here to make his Mm -hmm. trip, and he clearly met with the team. And so you figure that there's something there in terms of Judge's interest. He he wasn't just coming home for the holidays. Mm -hmm. There's also, uh, there was a report, was it yesterday, John Heyman reporting that the Dodgers could be in the running and are in the running for Aaron Judge because they let a bunch of people go. They got like $100 million freed up. The Dodgers, the Dodgers. He can't, he can't go to the Dodgers. He won't go to the Dodgers. I, I don't believe that that he'll go to the Dodgers at all. I, I can't see any scenario where Aaron Judge looks at his options and says, yeah, 
The why Dodgers. Not? Why not? Maybe you're right, but why why not? Because if you want to go to a team that is going to be built to win, you stay with the Yankees. If you want to go somewhere closer to home, that's the Giants. Why would you go to the Dodgers? Because they always win. They and I'm not they a Dodger they fan. They win nothing. But they every year they're in it. And they won, you know, the Bubble World Series. Right. They, every which way you can build a team, free agency, develop players with trades. They they do it right, all of it. So, I mean, they seem like they've been, what did we say a couple days ago? They've won nine of the last ten division titles. Right. They definitely win. I can't stand them, but they definitely win. They do win, but if you're, you know, a, a boyhood fan of the Giants and you're going to come back to the West Coast, I don't know why you would go down to L.A. And, and be a part of the Dodgers, unless you weren't really much of a Giants fan as a kid and this whole thing is overblown, but... The fact that he came out here to meet with the Giants makes me feel like he's going to give the Giants their best shot to woo him and to, and to sign him. Yeah, you may be right. I know Joe was saying the same thing. To me, the whole notion of, well, he was a Giant fan as a kid, so he won't want to go to the Dodgers. Maybe that's true to me. Uh, I, I'm not seeing it. But I do see this. If I'm the Giants and we're negotiating and I have any inclination that he may go there, I would say, look, Aaron, all right, you're not going to come here. We get it. What do we have to do to make sure you don't go there? What do we have to do to make sure you don't go to the Dodge? How can we facilitate you going? Is there anything we can do to facilitate you going somewhere else? You're yeah. not coming here. We can't have you going there. Cannot have him yeah. go to the Dodgers. <laughs> Under no circumstance can he become a Dodger. Right. If he stays with the Yankees, fine. He wanted to stay with yeah. the Yankees. Yeah. I get that. If he doesn't come to the Giants, he can go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Minnesota, Milwaukee. He can yeah. go to Oakland for crying out loud. Yeah. You cannot be a Dodger. Right. Yeah. That would be devastating. Yeah. They seem to think they have a shot, too. The Dodgers. Yeah. Of course. I mean, they have a shot for everyone. They brought in Mookie Betts. They've brought in Freddie Freeman. They've gotten yeah. so many mm -hmm. high-priced free agents in the past. Why wouldn't they think that they had a good chance? If the Giants land Aaron Judge, maybe it'll happen in a couple of weeks. Who knows? But if they do, what's your best guess? How would that rank? Um, compared to other major free agent Bay Area signings, all sports. I mean, as I think about that, obviously Bonds comes to mind because it's baseball, but the Kevin Durant signing to me was the biggest. I mean, I, that right. to me was the most seismic in recent memory. I think so, and it begat two championships, and he was yeah. you know one of the best players in baseball. I think Bonds would be still at the top of that list just because of you know the nature of the homecoming. And he just Bonds transformed was, the franchise. In and so he was ways. coming off an MVP year, yeah. for crying out loud. We're staying. Not only are they staying, they're not moving to Florida. They got Barry freaking Bonds. Exactly. That was a big one-two punch. You know, hey, they're not going to Tampa, St. Pete. They're staying, and they got Bonds. And then seven years later, they got a new ballpark that, you know, Barry Bonds was a big part of building based on his popularity and what the team became. You remember those teams in the mm -hmm. in the 80s and 90s, the Giants teams. They were, other than the 89 World Series team, they were very forgettable. They were terrible, and they didn't draw at candlesticks. So, I think the Bonds free agency signing is still number one. KD is two, but Aaron Judge would be, I mean, it Way might, up there. yeah, it'd be number three. Yeah. I, I know Deion Sanders, and we talk That's about right. Fred Dean. Um, also, Iguodala, when he came here as a free agent, it wasn't nearly that big, but that was a pretty big deal at the time. That was a deal, yeah. and it was big in that he was the first player to really say, yeah, I choose you. Golden State and what Primetime you know, was a big one. I forgot about him. Yeah. Primetime was huge. Even though it was only a one year thing, he came in and won a championship. They won the Super Bowl, and that might be the best team the Niners have ever had. Mm hmm So what's your gut tell you? You're 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 all your years working with the Giants, 
you've got a good sense of what they're doing. You said yesterday, you said a six out of ten chance. Yeah, I, I think he's a pretty coming. good chance. I think he's coming. Yeah, I do believe. I got to tell, tell you, you know, all rise. He's going to preside over uh, Oracle Park. I, I think the judge ultimately will decide to come home. And the, you know, the fact that he came out here, and I know the Giants are expected to make their offer either this week or next week, make that big, big offer. A lot of money. I think he signs. I think he comes to the Giants. Jason Stark broke down some numbers this week in the uh, Athletic. Let's see. Highest annual average value given to a position player currently. Um, Trout, Trout, can't get him out. I love that. He's at $35.54 million per year. When you compare that to what some basketball players are getting, that seems like it's pretty low, doesn't it? Totally. And that's position players. So Judge, most observers think Judge will beat that number easily. Somebody said Tuesday, somebody suggested that he he will make in excess of forty million a year over eight seasons. That's a lot, but it's not, I, honestly, I look at that and go, yeah, that's about right. That's what he should be getting. <laughs> yeah. So if he gets eight and forty, that's three hundred and twenty million. Which I know would not be the highest total contract in Harper history. in twenty nineteen to your point, three thirty. Yeah. And also Trout, I think Trout's deal was like four sixteen or something, because his deal was like eleven or twelve years, if I'm not mistaken. So the total value won't be a record, but I think the average annual value, the AAV, I think Judge ultimately does set that mark and it will mm-hmm. be north of forty. Yeah. So an eight year deal for Aaron Judge through his age thirty eight season. If you wanted to break Harper's number, who knows? But I mean, would you if you're a free agent, would you look at that and go, Yeah, I want more money than anyone's gotten? No, probably not. Okay. If he does, it'd have to be more than forty one million a year for an eight year deal for him to break the record. That'd be three twenty eight, uh, which would be and I thought Trout's deal was like four hundred million. I thought that was the uh the highest uh, well, I, I think the difference is, is he wasn't a free agent. So I just talk about free agents. I think that's the difference. Okay, yeah. Trout got uh, 12 years and 426. Because yeah, it was so. like he was re-upping with his team. He right. wasn't a free agent. It's quite a re-up. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any number for the Giants that's too high? There shouldn't be. They have the money. We just don't think of them as one of those teams that has the money. But they have the money if they want to spend it. They do have to save a little bit for... Uh, Somebody else. Other players. Right. Other players, yes, yeah. but they still they have the money to spend on other players as well. They don't have to just, you know, even if they spend $40 million a year on Trout, and you've already spent, what, 19.6 on Jock, and I know Yaz is getting six. Mm-hmm. So when you start to add it up, you're still not a top 10 payroll, which is where my partner Mark Willard is demanding. That they get to really? the top. Oh, yeah. He's wow. been tough on that. Wow. He's been firm. I know he's very tough on the Giants. Firm, but fi- <laughs> he's been firm, but fair when it comes to, uh, you know, Farhan and them being a top 10 payroll again. So 40 million for Judge, yes. And get another player or two as well. Uh huh. All right. Well, fingers crossed. It could happen and it could transform, at least in the short term, the perception of the Giants. And they need that. It, it's natural. They won all those games for all those years, all those World Series. And then you have that decline. That decline that the Giants are trying to pull out of, it seems to me, Dibs, that decline that the Giants are dealing with, that is the type of decline that the Warriors are trying desperately to avoid. Yes. With their two timeline plan. Well, and the, apparently the two timeline plan was a media creation. Steiny and uh, JD yesterday talking to Bob Myers. Steiny actually was mentioning to Bob, like, I don't think that they've ever mentioned 
two timelines from inside the building. I think that's something that we've created, but it's clearly what they're trying to do. Yeah, so, we may have labeled it that, but right. yeah, that's just what we called what they were doing. And the decline that would happen won't happen until after Steph Curry is gone from this team. So if you think about the decline, this year, if you don't make a deep run, next year, well, maybe Draymond opts in. Maybe you trade Draymond. Either way, Draymond and Clay would be in the last year of their contracts next year. So let's say this year plays out, no championship. Next year plays out similarly. Draymond and Clay, they both go elsewhere. Now you're left with Steph and the youngsters. That's mm-hmm. where you're going to actually start to see the decline happen. I'm trying to think. I don't know that Joe Lacob has ever said this publicly, but I think people who work for him have stated that Joe Lacob has let it be known. This is over the last eight years, whatever. Hey, teams win and then they tend to decline. Why does it have to be that way? Let's let's avoid that. Whereas, you know, guys, people in organization and other organizations go, you know, that's the way it is. Joe Lacob from what I understand, his philosophy has been, well, maybe it doesn't have to be that way, so let's avoid that if we can. So that's what they're trying. It's not easy. I don't know that anyone's ever done it successfully, but that's why, and they knew. I mean, maybe this isn't working, but they knew there was a lot of risk involved. We'll see, but that's what they're trying to avoid. It's right. going from contenders, and okay, now we're you know wandering Down in the Down to desert. pretenders, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's almost impossible to do unless the players you drafted, Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, and I guess Poole to some Wiseman extent. Wiseman another good game in the G League. Yeah, he did. That's three. Three good games, huh? Yeah, in a row. Yeah, wow. Double-double, right? Double-double machine. Mm, did you watch wow, the game? Wow, or just, wow, wow. I you looked at the numbers. I just looked at the numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you can't get double-doubles as a 7-1 freak in the G League, then you got real problems. So I know. Miss me with the G League. Hey, Wiseman, he's on I'm the just, come. I'm, I'm just, just saying that <laughs> if you would have nailed the picks of Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, and Poole, if all four of them would have been like, wow, uh, unbelievable draft picks. These guys are all going to be stars. Well, then, yes, you're not going to miss a beat from Steph, Clay, and Dre to the next era. But I don't think you've done that. Kaminga, like it. No, I mean, Moody's been kind of buried in the rotation of late, and Wiseman's in the G League. Jordan Poole looks good, but... Jordan Poole has been inconsistent, and then, you know, Jonathan Kaminga, we don't know what he's going to be yet. Yeah, so, yeah, that probably hasn't worked. It's probably too early to tell. It doesn't look like it. Poole's worked out about as well as you could expect for a guy picked where he was picked. It's too bad Moody hasn't done better, and maybe he will, because, you know, they're giving away the rings tonight, replica championship rings. If Moody were a better player, you could give away Moody rings. Remember the... Yeah, <laughs> the old Moody ring, yeah. yeah. For that? If oh, it's, it's blue, it's I'm green. in a bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. funny. Those uh, those never really caught on. Shout out the seventies. Uh, check in today, NBA.com. They've got uh, four perplexing teams in the NBA right now so far. Four perplexing teams. One in no particular order. Miami. They're seven and eleven. They were in the you know the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Seven and eleven. Uh, the Bulls who had a big year last year during the regular season. They're seven and ten this year. Minnesota nine and eight. Although. I'm waiting to see if Steiny would come running in here. They're playing better lately. You know, <laughs> his boy Finch. They've won four in a row. Yeah, they are playing better. And then the Warriors at eight and ten are one of NBA.com's four perplexing teams. Do you think they fit that description? Definitely, because you look at the way they went about that zero and five road trip to start the year, and that was perplexing. They lost close games. They lost games that they 
don't normally lose. And it's easy to say, well, the second unit's been terrible. But it, it was more than that. It was Clay yeah. who was not playing him himself into midseason form. And he was playing badly, as we know. And he's played better right. lately. He's just playing like bad basketball. Yes. That's not how we play, Clay. No, and the bench was, I mean, the real puzzlement, I think, was, was the bench when you look at their team. And eight and 10 right now and mm-hmm. a little bit of a tough schedule still ahead here in the next four games so we'll see if the Warriors can get out of that bewilderment that they currently sit in. Yeah, the defense has been so bad at times this year and that's very unwarrior like and there was just such a drop off and I think we've learned they missed the we'll ask Tim Roy about this, he joins us top of the hour, they missed some of the institutional knowledge that was available through guys like JTA and Damian Lee and people over the last few years you heard it people go Damian Lee is terrible what why is he's only on the team because he's of staff it's like no you know he's playing with Phoenix now he averaged 10 a game with Atlanta so anyway they missed the fact that you had guys uh, off the bench who knew what you were doing that's all they'd been here a while and they understood how you were trying to play and pros you know guys who have been around pros, and, you know Juan Toscano Anderson while he doesn't have a long NBA career he's got a long career he's played a lot of basketball. GP2, same thing. Otto Porter and Bielitsa. These are guys who had been around and have played in a multitude of systems and know how to go out there and play the role they need to play. And right now you've got young players who aren't used to that. Even Jordan right. Poole, mm-hmm. he doesn't really know who he's supposed to be. Yeah. One night he's 0 for 5. The next night he shoots it 20 times. He's not sure where he fits in. Yeah, no Com- Jordan Poole. I know. Kaminga's got a short <laughs> leash. Wiseman can't even crack the rotation. And Moses Moody has quietly been a little bit of a disappointment in terms of his ability to play. So your bench this year is a lot more question marks than it was last year. The guys coming off the bench last year for the most part. You know, you had some good players. Otto Porter, he's having a really nice career but for the most part they weren't worried about their season highs in the industry they were worried about just giving you a solid effort night tonight i understood that that's what i'm supposed to do and that appears to be part of the issue now maybe one of the elephants in the room you got young guys like when am i gonna get mine well we're not that's not a problem right now we're trying to win we want winners Yes, and right now you can't worry about you know all of the young players and making sure they fit in with yeah. how their game is going to develop. And that's where the two timelines thing, apologies to Bob Myers, I know that this came from the media and not from you, but this is where those two timelines, it's almost impossible because how do you develop young players and let them grow into the players they want to be and they should be, and at the same time have them play the way you need them to play because Jonathan Kaminga is a great example for him to really grow into the player that he's going to become. He's got to be just turned loose. Go out there and just play Jonathan dunk, jump, shoot, play. Maybe don't shoot so many threes if they're not going in, but well, but, but just yeah. go go yeah, ahead yeah, and go right. and find your game. But when you're playing with all these veterans in a championship window, you can't allow Jonathan Kaminga to get 28 minutes of just wild play and not be in you know in keeping with what you're trying to do as a team. 888-957-9570. Xfinity Mobile text line. That That's would be also, the demise of the industry, Whitey. It would be. It would be. Speaking of Kaminga, Vince in San Jose wants to talk Kaminga on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Vince, happy Thanksgiving. What are you doing? Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, fellas. Um, what I just want to say with Kaminga, um, one of the bright spots when I was looking at the box scores, hey, he played 40 minutes. He played eight more minutes than any other guy during that blowout uh, in, in New Orleans. And one thing that tells me is if Steve Kerr is going to play a 20-year-old for 40 minutes, Steve's got the, the coaching staff has to feel very highly of the kid. Kaminga, gosh, 
he's pushing a 60-inch vertical. If he could just worry about slowing down and playing in the flow of the offense, and what that means to play in the flow of the offense is don't just rush towards the rim right when you have the ball. Take a couple extra passes, read the flow, make sure you have the right play call, and just let his talent do the work. If you ask me, fellas, I think Kaminga's the future of the team. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Vince, I, I, it's pretty clear to your point that the Warriors feel that way about Kaminga. That's why going back to last year, he's starting now, he's going to get more minutes, and then something would happen where he couldn't maintain that spot. And then before long, he was back in. They gave him another chance. They keep giving him these chances. It's happened this year. He's not playing, and then he, we're going to play him more. So whether it's you know everybody feeling that way, whether it's unanimous or it's just Certain people in the organization, somebody with a lot of pull feels like agrees with you and feels like, yeah, this is a guy who could still be our future. He absolutely can be the future, but he's not the present. And that's where, you know, you got to look at where you are as an organization and where you are on the trajectory of Steph, Clay, and Dre. And, you know, if you have a championship window, you can't let Jonathan Kaminga go out there and play 25 or 30 minutes a night of growth minutes. If he's not playing the way you need him to play, if he's not playing well enough, you can't just survive his minutes right now. We've seen that. That's why you're losing these games, because the second quarter, the second unit comes in, and you're getting lambasted mm-hmm. by other teams. Yeah, I don't know how much uh, NBA action you saw last night, Dibs. There were two big stories. Uh, ben Simmons returned to Philly, and he said, I thought they are going to boo me more. And uh, Philly actually beat the Nets pretty good. But the other story, and this is a big story this morning on TV, Patrick Beverly has shoved DeAndre Ayton, knocked him out. Oh, my goodness. The Suns beat the Lakers. What? It's Patrick Beverly. Why is it news that Patrick Beverly does something really dumb and egregious and right. across the line? That's what he does. And this is where we are in the NBA where a shove yeah. makes news. It used yeah. to be where... It you was sho- a blind shove from beyond. Well, it used to be you would like tackle a guy when he went to the hoop. It's and then- Spadoni the Laker fan, so proud of him, too. Yeah, the Lakers are, are done. 5-11. and 11. They're over, but... A shove, a shove used to not be anything. You used to actually like throw hands, and then there'd be no technicals issued, and we just you know dust it off and get back to basketball. Yeah, yeah. Back in your day, huh? Oh, your yeah. day for sure. Back in the peach basket era, my day. The ball had laces. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was around when someone figured out. You know, if we cut the, the bottom out of the peach basket, we won't have to go up and get the ball. I wish, and I'd always wish that was me. Wouldn't need a ladder. Yeah, exactly. You were the ladder guy, right? (laughs) Yes, I was. 888-957-9570. Ray's in the East Bay. I want to talk about the Warrior draft picks. Ray. Ray. Whitey and Dibs. I'm in for Willard. What's up? How you guys doing? Uh, Good. Thanks for taking the call. Look, I've been talking a lot lately, and people are saying our our youngsters, our misses, you know, they they didn't get that right. And, you know, what you guys are talking about, the two-timeline thing, that might be the only challenging part because they're not misses at all. If you put those guys on OKC, Houston, Orlando, they'd be working on a 3-10 beginning of the season just like all the other kids that got drafted in their spot. They, they can play. They just can't play right now with the vets and the Warriors style of basketball. But those aren't misses. Just this whole thing of trying to blend them two together needs to be figured out. But... I think those guys are great, and, and you can put them on, you know, a, a terrible young team right now, and they'll do what everybody else is doing. So that's all I had to say. I just wanted to say those guys aren't misses. They're great players. They're just on the in, in, in a challenging system. Thank you, Ray. I, I don't think there's any question. If Moody and Kaminga and Wiseman were on a team like the Rockets, they would have been playing big minutes. But 
Are they misses? Maybe. We don't know yet. It's still too early to tell. I get your point, but I don't think we know yet. So we'll uh, get more of the answer to that uh, question tonight when the Warriors are back in action. Uh, coming up next year, have the Warriors figured things out since that team meeting? Well, Tim Roy, voice of the Warriors, joins us. We'll see what he thinks of that. That's next year. It's uh, Willard and Dibs, YDN for Willard on 95.7 The Game.